0: What's up, guys? This is Corey Baker from Baker Forge and Tool. Oh, What's shit. up, guys? Oh. This is Corey Baker from Baker Forge and Tool. In my business, we do tons of heavy grinding every single day, and we needed a grinder that could take abuse and keep on trucking without slowing down billet production. The braid Variable Speed 2x72 is just that. On top of all of this, their customer support is outstanding. Eric and Kevin are always available and fast to help with any situation. If you're in the market for a top-of-the-line grinder, or maybe just an accessory to add to your existing setup, go to ameribraid.com and use the code HUSTLE100 for 100 bucks off any grinder package. Alright, next up, the Hustle & Grind Podcast.
1: What's up, everybody? I'm your host, Ryan Chadbourne KnifeWorks. As always, here with Noah from the Eniot River Forge. And this week, we got some bros in the house. We got Brigham Kindell and Micah Dunn from MD EdgeWorks. Hey, boys! Oh, Jesus!
2: What's
3: going <laughs> on, guys?
1: <laughs>
3: that
2: was a good one. That was a good one.
1: <laughs> People are going to want to watch the YouTube. Just yeah. For the first- minute and a half <laughs> well
4: it's 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 really it's it, it this might be one of. i know we always say this but it might be one of the one of the best youtube experiences because we had some shenanigans while the ad was playing and brigham is just cozy as a cucumber just like laying on his bed he's all snuggled up i mean it's nice just he's sitting he, in a hotel he's he's, he's you- got his, his his ankles all up like clicked together and everything i mean if the, if if People you can see are into all Utah, four toes. Utah feet pics. I mean,
1: right there, buddy. <laughs> oh, show us the toe.
2: Oh yeah, dude. I just showed the b- bottom side of my foot. That's weird. That guy's gonna like. Oh, I shouldn't have said
5: it.
1: Now he's gonna go to the YouTube and like
3: <laughs> weird pictures. It'll be out. Our,
1: our most watched episode.
5: Yeah, people pay one guy good money for that stuff.
1: Yeah.
3: Oh, it's gonna That's make it's my spoiling
1: fans tank. I actually dated a girl who had a foot fetish website many, many moons ago, and she. Good was, Lord, this was this was thirteen years ago, so it was before, way before everything now, and she was making like three grand a week.
3: Jeez, se-
1: selling pictures, still frame photos of her feet and her in a bathrobe smoking cigarettes.
3: What's she was wrong cla- with
1: people? She was classy.
4: It sounds classy. <laughs> She never met
1: my mama. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She did not meet my mama.
5: (laughs) Every time, every time I get like a random payment or something from, from somebody for like a deposit or something, my wife texts me and she's like, Hey, what's this money coming through for? And I'm like, Oh, you know, just making that money selling feet pics.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, good Lord. Well, it, it's been a little bit guys. What's, uh, I know, we don't normally do this, but what y'all have been making recently? Um, Brigham, let's go with you, buddy.
2: Um, I haven't been making much yet. I got a, I've got just been really busy with my business, so I've been doing a lot of concrete lifting. Um, but this last Saturday, I did get to go up to Shadow Mountain Forge in northern Utah. They had a hammer in, which was really cool because uh, I got to make a metal pillow there.
3: Which i saw was that super awesome that was cool that super was epic cool. man
2: yeah and um and then i saw um james Rodabaugh. he uh gave us some forging tips which like just some some little things that totally changed the way i'm gonna forge and so it's just kind of cool to learn from a master smith and all those little tips and tricks and watch them do it and if you don't know who James Rodebaugh is, he and Jason Knight kind of learned a lot from each other, I guess. Like he taught Jason Knight how to
3: actually forge.
2: Um, or at least wow. that's what he said. So, um, you know, pretty cool stuff. And him and Jason and Adam Gerogers all became
4: like pretty tight together. And I'm sure if you like ask Jason, Jason would probably say he taught him to forge probably, the other way around. Probably. So.
2: I, yeah, I don't know. But um, really cool experience, and there was also a guy, Andrew Blom- Bloomfield, which is spelled like Blom, B-L-O-M, but it's pronounced Bloom. Um, he just became a journeyman last year, but he taught us how to do a keyhole knife, Ooh. which there was some like killer tips and tricks out of that that uh, I'm excited to work on. But So I haven't really made much, but I've been learning a lot.
4: Very cool. And just in case anyone is wondering, that was a joke. Uh, this is, this is just my voice and this is the, the voice that I tell jokes in and it's all the same voice. So um, that little thing about Jason Knight there, uh, I apologize if anyone didn't get that.
1: Um, I yeah, already that's... texted him to settle the issue. Oh, fantastic.
4: <laughs> all right. Um, well, that's really cool. I saw that you had you posted a reel about the, the keyhole thing. Um, that sounds like something that Micah could really have used um, recently. Because he can't do keyholes, he just makes steel, and then other people make keyholes for him. Uh, speaking of which, uh, Micah, what you been up to lately, bud? Uh,
5: say, I mean, I've been I hit the ground running after Blade, so I'm still like you pumping you stuff don't, You out. don't
4: even have a response to that. Like, I, I just completely just like stabbed you, and and you have nothing. That's it. No, he's, I mean, I let
5: my work stand for itself. You know, he's, <laughs> he's
1: being the bigger man. That's
5: what's uh, happening here. Okay, now, all right. So I've I've got. I've got three keyholes in my shop right now that I they're not like, I don't they're not pressing so they've been sitting there and I just haven't done anything with them. Uh, but when James asked to do that collaboration, I was just like, "Yeah, dude, you you do you. I'll, I'm I'm more than happy to make the steel. That's my <laughs> favorite part." Um, but yeah, I need to finish one soon. Um, but I got I've I've been i made a lot of damascus and then i realized hey you have customer orders that you need to finish up and get done so now i've got i've got an order that's uh two hunters and a uh a santoku that i'm i'm doing um it's sanmai and what's really cool is the guy uh where he proposed I guess it was near a railroad tracks that him and his fiance would go walk around so he brought me or he sent me some uh some railroad spikes uh from that location and so I I mixed those in with some uh some different steels for the damascus portion of it and then I put a 1084 core um for the edge portion and so I've got the santoku forged out and now I've got to do two like little drop point hunters um, and then I've got a feather Damascus Santoku that I'm doing and a bunch of other random stuff that I'm doing. So yeah. And like we were talking about earlier, a hundred, hundred degree heat is not, a it's not fun right now, but it's, it's work. So it's, it's coming along. But
4: Right on, man. Yeah. So you're using the, uh, the steel from the railroad spikes as cladding for the sand Mai?
5: Yeah well I'm do I did that with some other steels to make a make a higher layer damascus um so that way it'll have you know more contrast not just the railroad spikes but it's very cool planning. yes yes very cool What's can I ask crazy a
2: question about that? Yeah. So do you ever have problems like you know with using a metal like the railroad spikes with other other metals, like is that something that you, you've tried a lot, or wh- no. were you just winging it? Uh,
5: well, I just I, I don't I know railroad spikes don't harden like most other steels, um, so mixing that mixing that with other stuff I don't have a problem with, but I just don't want any of that on the edge because that's going to create a soft spot on the edge, you know. Um, so doing it as a as a sand mai, it's perfectly fine. Um, if I was to do it as a full Damascus. I would probably try and talk the person out of out of something, or do like an actual sand mai um, if they wanted like a full Damascus edge um, with a Damascus like a ten eighty four fifteen and twenty core or something like that. That way, I would know that the edge is for sure going to be all hardenable steels and not have any flaws anywhere where that softer steel could possibly be. So,
4: but. very cool, man. That that's an awesome thing. I love when when customers are able to incorporate materials that kind of mean something to them into, into a special build like that. That is always really cool to be able to do. Um, I had a customer who had a certain type of material that he wanted into the included in the handle that I was able to do. And I don't want to talk about exactly what it was, but it was a very special material that he had from his dad that I was able to uh, incorporate. And that was kind of tough because I mean, you're talking about cutting up something that's, you know, however many years old and it's got all this meaning to it. And it's like, Uh, I'm cutting this up and I'm going to have to shape it and, you know, just making sure you don't screw it up. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, that's awesome.
5: Yeah. I think, I think everybody and their mom were doing uh, hammerings this weekend too, because I was at one closer to uh, West Texas in Abilene uh, for the Texas Knife Makers Guild. And there was, I mean, a ton of really awesome demos. Um, One of the best ones that was there was, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of Owen Wood. He won like the best uh, best in show folder this year at Blade Show. If y'all saw that,
3: yeah, and is, like, yeah.
5: the dude makes ridiculously complex stuff. Uh, and watching him, like, if you go look at go look at his Instagram, because some of the stuff that he makes, whenever he forges the blade, like he, it's it's hard to explain this way, but he forges it together to where there is sacrificial steel. And what he's ending up with is for a folder blade, probably like a three and a half to four inch by, uh, probably inch and a half or two inch rectangle. Uh, that's three, six, like three sixteenths thick and there's sacrificial steel on the bottom and top. And he pretty much comes out with the blade. Uh, just once you grind away that sacrificial mild steel, like the blades there. Like it's the way the man's brain works. It's like nutty. It's it's. And when you, when you look at his stuff, it's just ridiculous. So yeah.
4: Right on, man. I wish I had a hammer in to go in, go to this weekend. I feel, feel a little jealous, man. That sounds awesome. (laughs) That's cool. Well, I did a little bit of forging this weekend too. Uh, I forged out a couple of, uh, railroad spike knives. Um, I, Ended up last, last time we were on the show, we talked about, uh, different types of, of, uh, railroad spikes and I got some higher carbon ones. Again, I'm not expecting them to be high performers. I'm mostly just making ornament pieces that I can sell at a market. Um, and they're a lot of fun to make. I mean, because my first knife was that I ever made was a railroad spike knife. So just having fun with it and just getting back to the basics of of forging to shape has been a lot of fun for me because I haven't been able to do a whole lot of that, uh, in my knife making recently. And honestly, it's, it's kind of like a little bit of a, like an ego boost because like I get to forge into shape and it's like, oh, yeah, I remember how to do this. Like, I'm actually not bad. Like, I, I kind of feel good about myself. I my uh, my heels get drawn out normally and I get this distal taper that just kind of happens without me even thinking about it. It's like, damn, I'm actually not not as shitty as I always think that I am. Like, this actually kind of makes me feel good. And uh, I said that or no, I didn't say that, but um, I, I showed a picture of one of the ones that I made to uh, Jeremy Ball He's like, "Dude, why aren't you doing integrals? You need to make some integral chefs." And I was like, "Yeah, I know." So, I was forging yesterday and so I pulled out a bar of uh 1080 that I had or 1084 rounds, I can't remember. I bought it from Lawrence. Um and so I just forged it out an integral chef and you know, again, no customer in mind, no pressure, just forging for the fun of it and it was it was phenomenal. So I'm actually gonna finish this one. I forged out probably like four integrals over the year, couple of years, and uh I've never actually finished one. So I'm gonna actually finish this one and uh I'm really excited about that.
5: I saw that picture, it looked good.
3: Well thanks, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, sure it's again. uh that was a weird pause. <laughs> yeah, it was a little little bit of uh <clears throat> Something there. Anyways, um,
4: yeah. Aside from that, um, I oh geez. I mean, I'm having connection issues over here. You guys good? Yeah. Okay. All right. Anyways, um, so one of the things that I've always struggled with with my Damascus is I don't have any kiss blocks for my um for my press, and so getting getting my final billets consistent has always just kind of been done by eye. And, uh, so I saw a set that, uh, Wahlberg forge made a while back and they're made specifically for my, uh, for my 12 ton from Coal Ironworks. And it's really cool the way that he has these little set screws that attach it onto the sides of the, I don't know, the crossbar, whatever you want to call it. And then he's, uh, got magnets set in the top so that you can adjust how high you want your, your kiss block to be just by swapping out just a chunk of steel or whatever. So I ordered a set of those from him because I always say I'm going to make something and then I never make it. And I just kind of go on struggling rather than making something to make my life better. And, you know, whatever support another maker. And, uh, and, and I really love the design that he came up with because it's not something that I would have thought of. So I got a set of those coming. I'm really excited about that. Going to do some more Damascus um, just for fun. Um, And I've started working a little bit on liner locks. I'm kind of torn between liner locks and frame locks. But uh, yeah, I'm trying to find a milling machine. I haven't found one that I want yet. So anyways, Ryan, what have you been up to?
1: Uh, So I got back. I banged out. 12 little cleavers for the restaurant super quick. Got them out for Father's Day and then I'm working on customs. I did a fucking humongous MagnaCut diamond grind chef knife. <laughs> yeah. Dude. Fuck Magna Cut. I mean, it's awesome steel, but god damn, dude. Like, it took me at least three times longer to grind that knife than it would a normal one. Out of like of ABL knife. Yeah, AEBL, Nitro-V, uh, Carbon Steel, anything else I've worked with, those CPM steels are like on a whole nother level of hardness. And m- more specifically, abrasion resistance. Yeah.
4: Well, and I mean, that's what's going to get you your edge retention. That's why it's such a crazy good steel.
1: Yeah, it's true. It is a good steel, and that's why the customer picked it. Because it's like everybody in the world now is like, MagnaCut, MagnaCut. Mm-hmm. And the guy's like, I want Magna Cut. And I was like, like, if it was a little EDC, I'm like, yeah, no problem. It's a fucking nine inch long diamond grind chef knife, I'm like full tang. I'm like, oh, my God, man. OK. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <clears throat> and it's getting a little brother with it. That's six inches long. Also Magna Cut. Also Magna Cut. Thicker stuff. Oh, stock. man. So, Yeah super fun. Working on this Sanmai. I showed you guys before the show, but I screwed it up, but it's like a happy mistake, because it kind of looks cool. Looks like a skinatar. Because it was supposed to have a a, a clip on the back, and I just kept grinding past where I wanted it until it was a dagger-ish. It looks freaking cool, man. I like it. It does look cool, and I didn't realize he used two different darkening steels, so you can kind of see it's like way darker on the Jacket than it is the core. I think it's. And who made that? Timber Tiger. I can't remember what steel we picked. I'm one of them, just do whatever kind of guys. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm like a horrible client. I don't help with anything. I'm like, just do whatever. I'll make it work. Shout out to Timber Tiger and... Forge for some badass san mai. Yeah. Yeah, his prices are too low. So if you like low prices, go buy some sand mai <laughs> off Timber Tiger. But
2: you know, I just got a ba- a box from him, a bunch of ten eighty four and fifteen and twenty. It was a really good price. Yeah, it's and like he added two-two. a couple other things in too.
1: Yeah, I bought two bars of that good size bars. They're like eighteen inches by two inches by three 16th thick. And he's like, "Yeah, have some wrought iron through some titanium in there." I'm like, "Damn, dude, how are you making any money?" But love that guy, and turns out I'm a great hunter. So, what? I don't know if you all. I'm a great hunter. Oh. I killed one of the rats in the princess Bride.
3: <laughs> oh yeah, I saw the, yeah, that. One of the, the
2: R O U
4: R O U S's.
1: Yeah, did you see Rod- did you see
4: Rodents the size of unusual of
1: that damn size?
3: Place?
1: Yeah. Ah,
3: thing was, thinking was massive.
1: One. They get bigger for sure. Oh yeah. That was the biggest one that I've seen living in, in my space um rats aren't they're common here but like not usually in dwellings <clears throat> but we've been getting inches upon inches of rain and so all their burrows in the ground will fill up and they'll start looking for dry places to chill out and uh i'm sitting in the shop my seat's right behind me and then right in front of me above the computer is my tv and like the insulation and the little like you know cut out like there's a hole there on all the joists where you into the upstairs. So the night before I had thought I saw something run out of the corner of my eye, but it was like three o'clock in the morning. And I was like, I'm just fucking really tired. I imagine that. And then I come out the next day and there's like little footprints on my TV (laughs) in the, in, in the G 10 dust. That's all over my shit everywhere. And I'm like, Oh, there's something out here. I'm thinking it's a mouse. So, I'm over here at my computer for like 45 minutes or whatever, before I get ready to grind, I start wrapping my thumbs. I walk over, I set my gaffers tape on my work rest. And it's like me and the rat made eye contact at the same time. (laughs) And we both, we both jumped. He was standing on the stairs and he ran up the stairs. He's so big. He ran up my stairs. And I was like, Oh, fucking motherfucker so i was like i can't work now i there's a humongous rat out here i can't work i can't grind with headphones on while this fucking rab rabies infested beast is in my shop so i shut off the music i shut everything off i went in the house i got georgia she gets on the scent of the rat gets to the stairs and realizes it's up there and she's all set she's like I found it I'm so she leaves I go inside I got one of them big... <laughs> I got one of them big rat snap traps so I I put a big old glob of peanut butter on the trigger I set the trap and I set it right up on the top step and then I just come out here and I sat on the stool with my pellet gun for like an hour and I could hear him up there like moving around like he wasn't very sneaky you know he was like knocking knocking shit over like yeah he was like making noise and i hear him like on the insulation right above my tv and i'm sitting there with the pellet gun looking and i see his head pop out and he sees me and pops his head back up and then like five minutes later i hear him start running around on the floor again and snap boom into the trap i was like "Hey, hey gotcha I went up and finished him off, though. He was so big. It was one of them big rat traps. He was flopping the rat trap around on the floor, like banging around with it on his head. Like, boo, boom, boom, boom. And I don't like killing stuff. I felt bad, so I put him out of his misery with my BB gun. It's one of them ones you can pump forever until you can't, like, you just can't lock it anymore, and then it's super dangerous.
3: Yeah. It
1: was a thrilling story. My goodness. Thanks. I was worried when I posted that that people were going to be like, oh, Ryan's shop must be so gross as a rat in it. But it's really not. And there's no food out here. I think he was just trying to get dry and should have left when he could have left.
4: Yeah, that's the thing about uh, working in an automotive shop is that, like, I've been hunting and I'll be sitting in my blind and you'll have like a rodent just like walk up to you and like look at you and be like, oh, hey, what's up, buddy? Like. We're good. You know, like I'm out here looking for an elk or a deer or something. I'm not, I'm not going to bother you. You're out here where you're supposed to be. We're good. But when they come into the shop at work or when they do, uh, we had this one do about like $3,000 worth of damage to an Audi. And he, so he got himself stuck in the, uh, in the drive belt. And so he got all bloodied up, but he was still just fine. Kicking, still chewing up wiring harnesses and stuff. Okay. He somehow got himself into the interior of this car. And so we're talking like blood all over the seats, white leather seats in this Audi and all this Like stuff.
1: Mangled fucking animal crawling around in their car. (laughs) Oh, oh yeah. It was, it was
4: awful. So yeah. And and we didn't,
1: uh, uh, I don't know how,
4: how to describe this. Anyways, long story short, I had to kill the rat, but uh, you know, it's like, you didn't have to be here. You could have been somewhere else out in the woods, and you and I would be good. We're, we're cool. You know, you're where I, you're, you're supposed to be. I'm where I'm supposed to be. But now you're here causing $3,000 worth of damage to an Audi, and you have to die. Like, I'm sorry. Like, this didn't
1: have to be this way. Oh, dude. So in the small engine world, we'll get in a lawnmower or a snowblower. Constantly. It happens all the time. And there'll where be somebody that has full of them. Full of them hasn't been running years. Okay, cool. Fire it up, and they just start pouring out of it. Oh, fucking half of them are missing pieces because as soon as an air-cooled engine f- fires up, the air suction starts to go, and they get sucked into the flywheel, and they're just fucking <sighs> like. We had one that we had to pressure wash. Put put gloves on to take the shroud apart because there was so much rodent guts coming out mm. of it. <laughs> Poor guys. And then occasionally we'll find ones that like survived the running and the, they were like in there for years and got mummified. So like, you'll take off, you'll take off a shirt. We had one that was like in the weird position and I super glued him to a tech deck and, oh, and put you him showed,
4: on. Yeah, yeah. I saw that picture.
1: Yeah. You put him. I put him on Chansey's workbench. Um, Ch- Chansey uh. chews tobacco and hit, I won't take a lunch so I can leave an hour earlier. And so I'll leave at four and he'll watch my spot till I'm, till five when they close and he'll leave his spit cups on my desk. So what I'll do is I'll find a dead mouse because they're everywhere and I'll put it in the spit cup and leave it on his workbench. Yeah, that's messed up, bro. Or if it's a real full one, I'll dunk the head of his ratchet in the spit cup and just leave it there. Mm-hmm. That's, that's
2: always dope. the worst when people leave their spit cups everywhere. It's like, ugh. Especially if you get it on you, like you knock it over and it like pisses me
1: off. I got super ugly with him one day because it was at one point they only had one lift there. Because I don't know if you guys know, but small engine lifts are like a, they're considered a specialty item. And so, like, a normal car lift is like 2,500 bucks, three grand. (laughs) The, no, come on. I mean, eight eight, eight
4: to 12 grand, probably, depending on the lift. Okay, fair enough.
1: These small engine lifts, the small one, which can only do like tractor, like small, long like Husqvarna tractors and push mowers and stuff is 12 grand. And then the bigger one that can do zero turns is like 15, 16 grand. So for a long time, I didn't have a lift in my bay. Chancey had the big lift. So I was laying on my floor all the time. And he'd come over with a mouthful of spit and be talking to me and go, <clears throat> and fucking hawk, Friggin' Ooh. chewing tobacco spit on my floor. One day I got so ugly with him. I was like, fuck face. You're cleaning that up. I have to lay on this floor. He's like, oh yeah, my bad. <laughs> I was like, dude, come on. Chewing tobacco's nasty.
3: How do yeah. we get talking about that?
4: Dead rats. I don't know. Dead rats. Well we're already talking about it. So yeah, so this one time I saw this guy. Uh this was the dumbest person I've ever met. And uh he he was one of those guys that would have like a third of a cannon in his lip at any given point in time. And uh he was over talking to the one of the senior techs, and this is this is we're talking about like a five foot six dude who's probably like mid 40s so you can just imagine like what his rage level is like between somebody being that short and being a mechanic for that long and and all that um and so for those people who don't know so you got a a vehicle up on a hoist and you've got like an oil drain unit and it's basically like a barrel with like a spout on the top of it and then a big tray and then you've got that's where you drain your oil down into or any fluids that you're working on and a lot of times you end up just setting your tools in there like yeah they get a little bit oily sometimes but you set on there while you're working on whatever you're working on well the dumbest person i've ever known comes up to this this guy and he's talking to him and he spits right in his oil drain unit and we're not talking like a little we're talking like a (laughs) Like a full on, like, I'm sorry for Damn. those people who are, who are like adverse to noises. Cause I'm sure that didn't sound great in your ears just now, but, uh, yeah, just full on into this guy's oil drain unit where his tools are. And I have never seen an individual skedaddle from someone else's stall that quickly. Cause he was scared for his life because there was an eruption from that five foot six man who was ready to kill him in several different ways and enjoy it every minute of it. And uh, he didn't go over there
1: uh, really again after that, I don't think. Speaking of those oil drain units and eruptions, have you ever hooked hooked yours up to compressed air without shutting the valve? No, but I've seen the results of it. So for our listeners, these tanks, they have a hose that comes out of them and you put that into a waste oil barrel and you hook up compressed air after shutting off the valve from the tray that the oil drains into. If you leave that valve open, it pressurizes the tank and all that oil comes out the top like a geyser. Yes.
4: A large geyser. We're talking 20, 30 feet in the air of straight waste oil, not like clean, nice oil, like the dirty, nasty, Everywhere we're talking, Mount Vesuvius here, like old faithful
2: of waste oil. Yeah.
1: Yes, <laughs> yeah, that's that'd be kind of cool you, you can the guy that did it. <laughs> you can
4: you can coat an entire wall of a shop and the floor and everything in it. Think about your toolbox and like all the things that you have on it and like everything around there, all of your stuff. Like and not to mention your person as an individual, because you will be coated in this stuff. It's
1: a riot. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, uh let's hear from one of our sponsors.
6: Sure. Let's go with Phoenix Abrasives. Hustle and Grind podcast is sponsored by Phoenix Abrasives, your one-stop abrasive shop. When you go to phoenixabrasives.com, click the shop icon in the upper right-hand corner to find all the abrasives you'll ever need. Check out the Incinerator 36-grit ceramic belts along with the Trizact gator belts that the hosts of Hustle and Grind use every day. Every when you day check out, use code HUSTLE10 for 10% off your entire order.
4: Thanks, Luke. Luke. He's Thanks, coming on Luke. soon. End of the month, so, I think. Normally, we try and, like, you know, we add on to our, our, our sponsor's little bits there. I don't really have anything amazing to say um abrasive-wise, but I do have some cool things to talk about with the machine that I run my abrasives on, which is an Ameribraid Fastback. And... I am still loving my machine and we had a great time talking to those guys at blade and their new, their new machine. What, what's it called again?
1: I don't know. They can't remember that. I can't remember it what it's like called.
3: Change,
2: something, something.
1: Anyways, it's like, yeah, I asked them and then I forgot. So Eric and Kevin, I apologize.
4: No, I'm sorry too. Cause I it forgot was as super well.
1: Cool though.
2: Like watching him just switch out those things on that. I thought I thought it was
4: super
5: cool.
2: Uh, yeah, Mike, nope. did
5: you get a chance to walk over? I did. I didn't. I have no idea what y'all are talking about. So, tell me about it.
4: Okay, I'll tell you about it. So, it's essentially a direct drive, whatever the hell you want. So, think of like a like a standard like standalone disc grinder, but there's a quick change collar on the on the spindle, so that you can. Ch- Change it out to uh, have anything else on there, like a buffing wheel, or they had like a diamond wheel, and it's got like an adjustable work rest <laughs> that, um, that you can uh, maneuver in different angles and stuff. And the, the quick change collar is really a genius idea because it's got a tapered fit. So you've got these things that go it's got a shaft that goes into like a small hole, but then it's also got like a threaded portion. So it twists after it goes in and that locks it in place. Cause it holds it right on that taper um, into the, into the deal. So anyway, it was a really genius design. Uh So shout out. I, I don't, I don't know if either one of them really kind of took credit for the, the design. I think they kind of worked on it uh, together. But uh, it was a phenomenal machine. And, of course, it's, you know, variable speed and uh, different motor options, I think, that come with that as well. Well, you can I'm...
2: get the tilting table that, you know, so that way then you can have the spindle and do your choils yes. and things like that. It's yeah. going to be sweet.
4: Yeah, it goes vertically and horizontally. Awesome. So you can use it for all the different uh, all the different options, I guess. But, yeah. Brilliant design. And I just want to remind our listeners that they do have some of the most amazing accessories on the market. Um, I know a lot of people that are listening to this probably already have a machine, but you can get all the Ameribraid attachments and they do come in one and a half inch arms. So if you have one of the other grinders out there that doesn't run on the two inch arms that the Ameribraid does, they make all of their own arms in house so you've heard us talk about how amazingly precision machined their um, their two inch arms are and everything well they make all of their own one and a half inch arms too so it's all going to be made to the same level of precision and awesomeness um, for whatever your whatever grinder you're running it doesn't
1: matter um, the only grinder yeah. that requires modification is if you're running a housemaid. Yeah, and they just grind off the
4: corners. Yeah, because they have really sharp okay. corners because they're aluminum arms. Yeah, um, and you have to cut four inches off the bottom of it. Oh, is the arm too long? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. Because right Ryan, from
3: experience.
5: Yes, I need to get. A, I need to get around a dialed in a braid. I've, I've, I've tried a couple, but I just think the the guys that were running them they didn't really they don't tinker as much as I do to get everything you know running as true as it can. And I'd like to I'd like to get my hands on one that's, you know, fully dialed in and, you know, running as good as it possibly can, because I've heard and seen great things. They look like great machines, but I just haven't I haven't been able to use one that's just, you know, running to the T.
1: I was impressed by because I still run a housemate. I just have a bunch of Ameribred attachments. Um, And we saw we went Noah and I went to Jason Knight's grinding class at Blade. And I was amazed at how quiet the fucking thing is. Like when I turn my grinder on, it's like a thing. It you know it's wah, you can hear it. It's going. Um, well, lot of that st-
2: has to do with the bearings in your wheels, like your platen wheels.
1: Oh, that could be so, it.
2: Because I know I got I got my wheels from a company. Like I, I also have a, a Revolution from Housemade. I got it from a, my wheels from a different company and was having issues and it was loud as hell and then brian sent me some wheels and it was super quiet so it has a lot to do with those bearings and those wheels so it probably just just says they're using really great bearings you know
1: mine are getting kind of tired the wheels are starting to get cupped inward like i started (laughs) to wear into the wheel itself and like at first i was like fuck and then i was like wait a minute I've ground enough knives to wear out my wheels. That's us Look cool, at you, bud.
5: My tracking wheel kind of has that thing where it kind of comes up like it's supposed to, and then it's got a good divot, and then it curves around. And that's kind of how I am. I'm like, I need a new one of those. But it's like, I've been running this thing, balls to the wall, for the past two and a half years. So it's it's been putting in the work.
4: Yeah. That's awesome. That's always a good feeling, like a good set of worn in boots. You actually feel like you're doing something. That's cool. But yeah, I think it also has a lot to do with the, what belt you're running, because I, I was actually, I was on a live with you, Brian and Pickle. I can't remember who else. Um, it actually, it might've just been you and Ron, uh, you and Pickle at the time, but I flipped on my grinder and everybody was like, ah, no, it m- mutes your freaking microphone. And I, I have, I have eye protection and I have ear protection in my shop at all times. Like, I don't, I don't mess around with that. So I accidentally turned on, not accidentally, but I turned on my grinder when I didn't have ear protection on later that day. And I was like, Holy crap, that was loud. Like, no wonder. And it's because I had one of those.
3: (laughs) While you're bringing, I was going to say real quick, bring
1: them. Did you see how well my face fit onto your face and beard?
2: Dude, it, it was like you and I had a baby together and that baby grew up <laughs> and just had like the perfect combination of our DNA because it, it was weird because I was looking at it. And I'm like, man, I look really funny in that picture. And then I'm like, like I, it took me a second to realize what was going on, but no, that we, was I thought we, it was pretty amazing.
1: We both wear glasses. If you look close, my facial hair has a red hue to it. And so my mustache is red. And then he put your beard over my beard. It was perfect. Anyway, sorry, Noah. That was pretty cool. I thought
5: thought of it. I had to bring it up. I didn't even know you had done that until I heard you talk about it on the podcast. I thought, I was like, I don't remember taking a picture of Ryan that then I, then I heard you talk about it on the podcast. I had to go back and look and I was like, son of a bitch.
1: That's why, that's why yeah. it says, hi, my name is Noah on my shirt. Because yep. <laughs> it's <laughs> Noah's body and my face.
2: It's also why he's like five six and half the photos. <laughs> and bearded. Well, massive. Not massive, but.
1: Pushy beard. It was good. I, I've known Richie for 20 years. I've been sleeping on his fucking Photoshop skills. Because these movie posters he's been doing for the Brodown, they're gold, man. The fucking uh, Terminator 2, where he puts his own face on Sarah Connor. And I'm the Terminator with like half my face missing. It's
3: that goofy picture I took with Kayla Cummings. Hold on. Oh, that's awesome! That's
1: so cool. He's the T one thousand. Yeah, that's the that's the T two one. That's going to be the sticker for Terminator two. And I got to find a company that does full posters because I want to do a poster for every episode. And uh, everybody saw awesome. that one, the Karate Kid.
5: See if you can if it's high enough pixels. Send it to Staples or something like that.
1: Oh yeah. Hey, if poster. I ever get
2: to be on the Bro Down showdown, can I request a movie?
1: Yeah, honor pick the movie that they got that he gets. I want
2: I got. want the Goonies and you're gonna put me as chunk.
1: <laughs> nice. He could do that. He already has pictures of your face. Cause I had to send him the pictures for him to put my face over it. But we interrupted Noah's game, so Sorry, Noah. Oh, we lost Noah. Shit. Pause, pause, pause. Well, that was
3: stressful.
6: <laughs> yes.
1: We're back. Noah's kids decided to throw Kool-Aid in his router.
3: It happened. <laughs> you know,
1: like it's just one of those things.
4: Kids got go. kids got to yeah. throw things. Well, I have no idea what we were talking about or where we were. or um. We were going to play a game. I think that's a great idea. I think we should play a game, Brigham. Do you guys want to play a little bit of uh, Florida Man? Yes. Let's do it. Ryan, do you want to play us in or do we just want to go ahead and go for it? We'll play it in.
6: Ladies and gentlemen, get ready
4: to play with is Florida man. That's right. That's what I needed to get myself amped back up into this game. Cause I'm not going to lie running around trying to figure out uh, what's not working and trying to get your connection back together while there are dudes waiting on you. is a little stressful. <clears throat> so let's get back into this with where in the world is Florida man. We begin Man denies syringes found inside his rectum are his. A man denied that syringes were his
3: boyfriends.
4: I mean, uh, sorry,
3: maybe
6: (laughs) man denied (laughs) syringes were his
4: after jail officials found them in his rectum during a strip search. Wesley Scott 40 was arrested on Friday with an outstanding warrant charging him with drug possession. According to sources, when Scott was searched at the jail, officers found three syringes inside his rectum. Scott claimed he found the syringes and they were not his, although he did not explain how they ended up in his buttocks. (laughs) Do you believe that this uh, syringe-smuggling man uh, was in Florida? or, Or where in the world was Florida Man?
2: Maybe he's diabetic.
4: Ryan, let's start with you. What are you thinking, bud?
1: That sounds very San Francisco. Mm. They get
2: free syringes.
1: Oh, that's true. They Yeah, but they don't get them in jail. <laughs> so he was Who smuggling. Says he
2: got them in jail? Uh-huh.
1: Yeah. I, was, uh-huh. was he smuggling syringes into jail? Is that what it was?
4: Uh, Apparently, they were there when he was booked into jail. So... I mean, I don't know, maybe that's just where he carries him.
2: I think you're on to something.
5: I'm saying not Florida. Maybe sorry. he Go ahead and make a sorry. I <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go I'm going to go not Florida also cuz that I mean, that sounds kind of methy, you know? And uh I mean, that's I don't know. I'm going I'm going to go not Florida because I feel like there's a broader spectrum of where that could happen than specifically in Florida.
1: Yeah, maybe he forgot they were there. That's <laughs> That sounds feasible. Like, oh, I've been I've been looking for those.
2: I how long would they like be in there without getting pushed out? You
1: know? Like I don't know. They call it a prison wall for a reason. I was about I don't to know say if we really prison need to... a
5: magical thing.
4: <laughs> I don't really need to know if we need to do a yeah. deep dive on on the <laughs> <laughs> How he didn't exactly
3: did with those needles. <laughs> there
4: we go. We're all in agreement, though, that it's not Florida. I set him up, and he just laid it up, just perfect. All right, so unanimous decision, not Florida. Unfortunately, you gentlemen are all incorrect. But no. to- solidarity in your incorrectness—that was absolutely Florida. Thank you, Brian Hunt, for sending that one in. I gotta say, I asked for Florida man stories last time we recorded, and I got florida man stories let me tell you what i got some i got some stuff so thank you all you lovely listeners uh for sending in some amazing content i appreciate that but you can keep sending more if you'd like just they all go in a bank and i save them all and and it's it's great I even we kind we
3: of
5: <laughs> what'd you say micah i said what kind of bank no
4: (laughs) (laughs) the old spank (laughs) bank. that's inappropriate sir um next up naked man tries to start fight club at chick-fil-a deputies say he stripped down and kept yelling quote look at my expletive the man, 30-year-old Corey Michael Hatsey, was arrested on charges of disorderly conduct and uh, resisting officers without violence. As of Monday afternoon, he remained in custody in lieu of a $1,000 in bail. Do you believe that this Fight Club enthusiast, who was also a naked man at Chick-fil-A, uh, was in Florida or somewhere else?
2: Did you say without violence or with violence?
4: Without violence. Very good pickup there, Brigham. Yeah,
1: they would have tasered his ass in Florida.
5: They just shot him in Texas.
3: <laughs>
5: <laughs> I love that about Texas.
3: That, that
5: I'm not so going to lie, though. That does kind of sound like an Austin thing, so it's that, weird might, that might be in Texas. <laughs> Ryan, what you I'm thinking? Gonna,
2: are Chick-fil-A's everywhere?
1: Yeah. We have one. It's the busiest fucking fast food restaurant in this whole area. Jeez, um, I don't know. See, Chick-fil-A is a Bible company, and they're in the Bible Belt.
2: But we have them in Utah.
1: Yeah, I'm yeah. pretty sure they're just about everywhere now. Yeah. I would say not Florida, because he didn't get tasered. Or beaten I'm, by the people in line at the store.
5: I'm gonna say the same. Down I'll to you, Brigham. Florida. I'll go with Florida
2: just to be different.
4: I like your thinking, Brigham, because that makes you correct.
2: Dang. Where in Florida? <laughs> they
4: had to uh, be
3: a more
2: liberal part to not
4: I honestly didn't write down that part, so I apologize. I don't know. But uh maybe if you remind me I can send it to you later. All right, guys, here we go. Last one, the chance for redemption. Man arrested after asking sheriff's office to test his, quote, bad meth after a, quote, violent reaction. <laughs> Douglas Peter Kelly, 49 of Hawthorne, which hopefully there's Hawthorns in every state because I forgot to pull that out, uh, was charged with possession of meth and is being held on a $5,000 bond. He had a, quote, violent reaction after smoking the drug and told detectives he wanted the substance tested because he wanted to, quote, press charges to the person who sold him the wrong narcotic. Quote, in an effort to ensure the quality of the drug that the suspect purchased, detectives told Kelly that if he came to the sheriff's office, they could test the narcotic that he purchased. The sheriff's office said on Facebook, Kelly drove to the sheriff's office and handed detectives a clear crystal-like substance wrapped in aluminum foil. The substance... Field tested positive for methamphetamine, the drug Kelly intended to purchase. Kelly was then promptly arrested and booked into jail. Do you believe that this uh, meth testing enthusiast was uh, Florida, or where in the world was Florida, man? I'm
5: pretty sure I saw that article, and I don't remember where it was from. It it sounds like an Arkansas thing, though. (laughs)
1: Yeah, because only in liberal states do they offer free drug testing to make sure it's safe. Oh, is that actually a thing? Yeah, in California, San Francisco, that you can bring your heroin to the state and they will test it and be like, yeah, it's clean, and give it back to you.
3: That's insanity.
1: I didn't know that. they, they,
2: they, They wouldn't arrest him then. So we know it's not California.
1: Yeah, it's true. Florida would arrest you for it. Wow,
5: I'm gonna stick oh, yeah, with dude. my guns and I'm gonna keep on going. I'm gonna keep on going. Not Florida.
1: Me too. Let's let's go down in a blaze of glory, Micah.
5: If I if I get if I get the state right, does that count as uh as two points?
1: It, it does indeed. Yes.
5: I'm, I'm gonna say it's. I'm gonna say it is Arkansas.
4: Okay, Brigham, what you got, buddy?
5: I'm, I'm going Florida. I think you're
2: gonna give us a, a triple Florida day.
4: You think I wrong. would do that? Really? Oh. You know, well, an interesting perspective uh ryan you you uh you said not florida correct yeah. okay all right well gentlemen uh thank you for proving me wrong um this was indeed florida
5: dang it
3: yes
4: brigham <laughs> this is the first time that i have ever done all florida and you sir Well done. Thank you, uh, Brigham, for that. He absolutely crushed this week's competition. All three of those were Florida. Oh, sorry. Yes, I apologize. Um, But not only did he crush all of those, but uh, all three of those were sent in by Brian Hunt of Hidden Rose Forge. Shout out to him. Thank you very much, sir, for the plethora of stories that you sent to me, all of which are extremely uh, high-quality, lowbrow
1: stories. (laughs) I even sent you one this week. That guy farting on the tacos, and then uh, he got arrested. And his it oh, was his yeah. mu- his mugshot was gold. He's like, like he was so pumped, he farted on some guy's
4: tacos. Yes, yeah, he <laughs> it was. It was it was one of those uh, one of those don't piss off the uh, the people who cook your food stories. Yeah, I've got a
1: few of them. Ah, those are
2: like always the ones I hate hearing.
1: <laughs> oh, i makes me not if, ever want to eat out. If my wife and I go out somewhere, and she's like wants to complain, I'm like, "Don't you say a word." I'm like, do you want to do you want to eat boogers and come tonight? No, I did not. Think so. And the boogers and come is a reference to South Park, but boogers for sure. I've seen some shit. Don't test where do you Ryan. think. He's yeah, where do you think shit. the phrase "floor spice makes everything nice" comes from?
4: Yeah, none of us have ever heard that phrase before, Ryan. <laughs> I have. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh man! All right, guys. Well, what do you want to do? I got, I got some, uh, I got some this or that. We can keep talking about, you know, like knives. This is kind of a knife show. Um, we can talk we about. Have some-
1: we have some famous knife-related people coming on soon. We do. So maybe, maybe we should practice about talking about knives, because Dave Baker's coming on and Fingal Ferguson. What's Fingal's some...
3: awesome to me. He is... he,
1: he's so cool in person, very yeah. hard to communicate with through text message. <laughs> he, he's a very big, like, one-line answer with a thumbs-up, or, like, two words and a thumbs-up, and I'm like...
2: It's because he's busy, man.
1: I know that dude That'll runs a whole farm and like
4: cheese he's, export business and knife making way, and everything,
1: way bigger than I thought he would be. He is a very big Irishman. He's probably six, four. Yeah. Like you know, I'm a small I'm, dude for sure. I'm six foot. And I was like, what's up, man?
2: And his <laughs> hair is like crazier than mine. You, like, like I thought that was just kind of an act. No, that's like how he does his hair. Or
1: doesn't
3: awesome.
4: do it. Yeah. Yes. It's, it's it's more yeah. if it doesn't do it. But it's That's like a
2: stylish I... doesn't do it, like, on purpose. Like, it's it's not done in a done way.
1: It's in the Irish genes. We got more important shit to fucking worry about than our hair. Maybe he's like, born with it, or maybe
4: it's Maybelline. Oh, maybe. Um,
1: yeah, that'll be a fun one. Oh, oh my,
2: my gosh. I want you to ask him about his handles. He, his handles are super unique, and I'm not lying. I tried to, like, copy it. I don't want to say copy, but, like, it's style like his, and it's super comfortable. But have you, have you guys ever noticed his handles? They're just- I,
5: I tried to emulate mine after he is to where it kind of pushes you into a pinch grip. Same yeah. Same thing. But I didn't want to like fully ju- and whenever I first started doing facets, the way it kind of similar to the way that he does, I I ta- I tagged him a couple times in them. But I just didn't take it like that fully that sharp drop like he does, because I didn't want to fully just snake his stuff, you know? Yeah, but it's, yeah, you, uh... ne-
1: you never know how guys are going to react to that. Yeah. Um, luckily for me, Noah Vashon is like super cool. And he's like, yeah, he's like, I love it. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. Like, cool, because I completely kind of ripped off your technique. <laughs> well, it's actually if interesting that, that
4: Brigham and Micah both said that because that was something that I kind of, I don't know, because my my handles are, are quite different if you look at them um, versus Fingles. But they still have that sort of shelf that your fingers can write on. um in front of the choil. There's no, I don't do like a, like a finger purchase or anything like that. I do that on my smaller EDC stuff, but uh it's definitely, it's a shelf where your fingers can ride on it, whether you're in a pinch grip and the drop off in my case is a two inch hollow, which is almost like a chopper style. But I noticed that when I was speaking to a lot of my customers, a lot of them do the hammer grip with the, their chef knives even. And it's all well and good to tell your customers that they should do a pinch grip, but they're not really going to do that. They're just going to hold That's, their chef knives, how they hold their chef knives. Well, so, it's
2: like I've tried to show my wife how to hold a knife and she still holds it like, eh, you know, like a and like a
4: trowel,
1: like a fucking
4: yeah, shovel. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So yeah, so like, my, my goal was always to create a handle that could be held in multiple grips comfortably and uh and so that's kind of part of that with that shelf you can hold it comfortably in a hammer grip or in a pinch grip or in like a more of like a backwards not like a backwards pinch grip but further back off of the blade um what you got there brigham did you, you said brigham? hold
2: it backwards i was like stabbing people
4: oh you had your hand up i thought you were you were gonna no, in, no. impart some deep wisdom on us
2: No, just stabbing people, you know. Okay. Holding holding the chef knife backwards.
1: Brigham is the most famous of all of us.
2: That is not true.
1: Is he? Or I don't know.
2: Not 100%
5: true. Not at all.
1: When we met Moreco together, you go, My name's Brigham. And he goes, Brigham (laughs) Kendall? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I'm
2: the only Brigham out there. But no, no. He knew who you were.
1: I know that I almost shit my pants. If I I felt like absolute dog shit that morning, I was so tired, probably a little dehydrated, and like I'm talking to Moreco, who's like my hero, like number one hero on my list, and I'm like, he's like, oh, I've heard of you, and I'm like, what? say what now? What? <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah, I hope That's I awesome. visible. I hope I wasn't like visibly exhausted because I hate I I'd hate to be that guy that walks up. And he's like, "What's up, man? You like, fucking bags under your eyes. And you just look like shit." No, that was me. That was me
4: for sure. <laughs> I did not make a good impression. That's fine. I think but, that's like
2: everybody though. Everybody had just traveled and was tired. You know, like give yourselves a break.
1: You that a is a a vibe that I got from the entire show that we were all enjoying ourselves but suffering together (laughs)
4: yeah pretty much you know
1: what i mean oh my gosh poor freaking sharky uh
4: i don't know if any of you guys talked to him the second day but the first day he couldn't uh he couldn't get back to his airbnb so his uh his uber app something got jacked up with it and so he was he was literally stuck at the show till I don't know how like three, four o'clock in the morning, and he had to be back to work the the table again in the morning. So I talked to him the second day and he was just hurting bad. Like he had not slept very much at all. It was I felt bad I for want him. I wanna say
2: like Coy Baker, one of his guys got a maneuver.
4: Yeah. Gets- so, somebody else yeah. helped him out.
1: Oh, nice, nice. Hell of a group of guys. I'm trying to coordinate with Coy to get the whole crew on so we can like question them about what it's like to work in a job like that because where else are you going to make Damascus on the daily you know for a job for a day job so yeah but there's his injection that's like fucking powdered shit isn't it that they
2: I don't know how they do it
1: oh they still forge it but it's um, it is powder metallurgy
4: it's a little bit a little bit different, but I've seen the, some of their videos and stuff, and they are, like, yes, they're using furnaces that are out of this world, but they're still forging. Yeah.
2: Um, th- that's kind of something I wish they would get back on, the the Baker Forging Tool guys, is their YouTube was sick. Like, I liked watching it. Do you guys but ever I'm watch really their good. videos? It, it was good stuff. Yeah. yeah. they're Like, all of their content is amazing, I think,
1: and their are Koi does a, he seems to do a really good job with like, uh, hiring the right people for the right position. Like his, whoever is in charge of his like social media production, <clears throat> they do a really good job. The photography is fucking amazing. And like, I see that stuff and I'm like, no wonder nobody knows who I am. Look at my dog shit photography. You can see my <laughs> mess in the background, like well, cigarette butts <laughs> on the floor. Well,
4: okay. You say that, but, uh speaking of Koi speaking of your shit photography, uh, when he was talking to B Cone on the WFI two, he was talking about their new sort of photo and media service that they're going to be doing. And it sounded like it was going to be pretty open to just about anybody to be able to use. And it, it, he's got some grand plans. I mean, he, you know, Koi always has grand plans. He's always got, you know, the next greatest thing coming out. Um, but it sounded pretty awesome the way that he was describing the way that they were going to be able to offer some of those services to other knife makers. It was pretty cool.
2: When he sounded like he was going to make it affordable too. So that'll yeah. be the the big thing. Like I, like I've you, never made a knife nice enough to submit to like Sharp by Coop or uh, the Frazier lady that does the pictures. I don't oh, know that, how much it costs, but I don't think it's lady? cheap. They yeah. do.
3: They
5: both do really good work. And that's they the- do. I got, I got two taken by Jocelyn whenever I was at in Atlanta and she, she's the one that got me into blade the first, like, well, I've only been in there one time, but in the actual magazine, um, for like an old, a wrought iron chef that I did. And, uh, yeah, like if they do the same stuff that she does, like, I mean, if you can take a decent picture on your phone, like they'll edit the crap out of it. And it, I mean, I don't know how they make it look so good, but, Yeah. It's, it's worth it. Like people see that stuff and you'll get, I mean, people start coming out of the woodworks and asking questions. So it's, it's worth it to get it done for sure.
1: What kind of rates are we talking about? Like Uh,
5: hers were, I mean, it's, it's photo editing, you know, so it's, it's, I mean, well, I don't know how expensive is expensive, but it's not like JCPenney and you know 1995 going to take pictures with your family. I think, I think I did a two position for the first one, and it was like it was around 150 bucks. Oh, um, that's way cheaper I got,
4: than I thought you were going to say.
5: No, that's yeah. Cool. Uh, and man. then I got I got two. I got the one that uh, that me and James did that feather with the keyhole. I got that taken at Blade. And then I got the um, that ball bearing feather one that I did. Um, I got that taken at Blade. And I think it was 360, 320. Okay. 360, something. It was, it was, I mean it was somewhere. And it was I did two positions on both of those two. And like most of it's I mean, she does really good work. So I just tell her, like, she'll ask, you know, what do you want? What do you want? This, this, and this. I'm like you do your thing. Like she, I I, I know she's the only one that I've really worked with. I've talked to Coop a little bit. um, But I mean, as far as an eye for, you know, backgrounds and mixing and angles and all that kind of stuff, she's got a good eye for it to me. So I, I let her do her thing.
4: Very cool, man. I actually just made a knife that I actually think it might be worthy of some good photography. So That might be something I might look into because, yeah, I definitely like the idea of that. The feather pattern. I think if you –
3: Yeah. Yeah.
2: And if you want to get into the magazines, like you got to get her to do it or Coop or um, the Martin – case. is it Casey Martin? Um, They were at the show. Um, I can't remember his name, but his dad makes really nice – Knives and folders and Damascus and stuff
3: too. Corey is his name. I she believe she submits.
5: She submits the photos to Blade to or to uh oh man, what's his? What's the guy that runs Blade's name? I don't remember off the top of my head. But she submits them to to them as you know, as you know. Do you want to use these pictures, kind of stuff? So gotcha.
4: Nice. And and you mentioned before she did just the editing for your. Uh, raw she has, iron she one.
5: has done just the editing for, for, uh, two, um, where like she'll, she'll give you or on her website, it'll kind of give you a guideline of, you know, make sure your lighting is like this, make sure this is this way, try these angles, those kinds of different things. And you take the picture and, and I mean, you know, you can set your phone up to take a really good picture. Like I use, I use the portrait mode and then do grids and do different stuff like that to where you're getting a high pixel, high, you know, uh, high quality photo from your phone. And then you send that to her and she'll edit it all the way that the way that it needs to be edited. So very I think I sent her four or five pictures with the chef knife and then the blade, the sword that I did for last blade standing. Um, I, I got her to do, I sent her like seven or eight pictures and I was like, Hey, I want something of, you know, the basket hilt and then something of the blade fully, whatever you feel like is, is working the best you, you do your thing. And she did amazing pictures of both. So
1: right on. Yeah. I think a big part of my problem is not knowing how to use my damn phone. So, like, you just said portrait mode. I'm like, that's a great idea. I've never tried portrait mode. <laughs>
5: like, you Dude, know, I take all my pictures in portrait mode.
1: They, uh, oh, they really? have that on Android? Uh, I, didn't realize I don't that was know if a- they have it on Android. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do. On my phone, it does. Okay. I got my Very phone, cool. like, it was, like, I, I know it's not top of the line, but it's, like, middle of the road. And, you know, it's supposed to have this awesome camera. And, like, some of my videos outside look really good. But then sometimes I'll take a picture and I'll zoom in on it and it'll look like a painting for some reason. Like it's weird looking. I'm like, Hmm, that's weird. that doesn't happen on my iPhone. Probably because it's made by slave labor. Right. Yes,
4: I know. I know Samsung's definitely are not right. (laughs) They probably are now. Everything is ethically cobalt mine. Yeah, uh yeah, absolutely. they,
1: They buried them instead of burn the bodies. That's what they mean.
4: Right. Well, anyways, um we got another ad we need to play and uh I'm I'm sure Lawrence will be really happy about his ad being
1: played right next to that comment. <laughs> I tried to get Lawrence back on and he's like, nah. <laughs> it's like I'm good. Yeah he's uh Lawrence is like for those of you who haven't gotten to know him like we have by meeting him at all these events, he's a fucking riot dude. Like If you just stand with Lawrence and people watch, you'll hear the funniest shit come out of his mouth. And he's just like a super cool down to earth Canadian. eh? Although he doesn't talk like that. No, actually none of our Canadian friends talk like that. Is that a stereotype? Well, yes, it's
4: a stereotype, but, uh, I don't know if you have ever listened to this one podcast. Uh, it's called, uh, it's a, it's a bunch of Canadians. Um, you Ford know, side chat. Side chat. yeah. I was just kind of messing with you guys, but yes, the Ford side chat. Yeah. They, uh, they, they kind of do speak like that a lot. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yeah. But they do it as a joke. Oh my gosh. Just play the ad.
6: Hustle and Grind is sponsored by Maritime Knife Supply. Whether you're looking for steel, abrasives, handle material, forges, epoxy, or anything for making in general, Maritime Knife Supply has you covered. And in the U.S. or Canada, they ship faster than the great cobra chicken gooses that their country is known for. Go to Maritime Knife Supply, and when you buy a 10-pack of belts, get 10% off, and tell them we sent you, eh?
1: Thanks, Luke. Eh? Eh?
6: But yeah, well,
4: OK, so the, yes, they do play it up a, like a little bit on their show. But when uh, I mean, when when we've had the abstract blacksmith on our show before, he still he still kind of talks like that. Like that's uh, I don't think it's just an act. Kind of like the main accent slips out of me every now and again. All of a sudden, something will be wicked.
1: <laughs> we wicked say, awesome. Bob. It's it's wicked. Cool, Bob. It's wicked. Cool. <laughs> yeah yes above uh. <laughs> but there's people who've lived here their whole lives down on the coast who that's how they talk all the time and they're so fucking annoying dude <laughs> like you'll have this old timer come in uh, come into the shop and he's like my tractor it's a 24 hoss and you're like what it's a 24 hoss Husqvarna." like yeah
5: it's like All it's right. like people in the south getting getting real drawly and stuff like that. It's the same thing. Not that many people talk talk like that down here, but it happens.
1: Yeah, you get a few who like lean into it real hard. Yeah,
2: I think what? every area has that though, like yeah. their own
5: little sub dialects or you know where. Yeah. Well, like except if you go if you go to like the heel of Louisiana, like that. That, that area not not like closer to Mississippi where New Orleans and Baton Rouge are or like the whole East Texas or South Arkansas part, but like that heel of the boot, that that water boy sound, that's that's it right there. Like that's that's all you get from those people and it's wonderful. That Cajun water
4: boy sound, I like that. Yeah.
3: <laughs> uh, they just
1: had some Cajun YouTube guy in Maine cooking lobster. And he's like, oh, the boy. Cracker guy? I think so. Yeah. He's like, he's put that like, on a of dude. Yeah. Yeah. That
5: guy. That guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I got, dude, I got family down there and it was the funniest thing. When I took my wife down there for the first time, she was like, babe, I don't understand anything anybody's saying. And, and I was like, yeah, I was like, that happens. And then she goes, all I know is that's what you sound like when you get mad. <laughs> and it cracked me up.
1: like the the coach from the water boy
5: yeah we land on it all right
4: guys what uh what do you what do you say we
1: switch over to an after show i think we've been going for quite a while here a half hour see here's here's what i'm worried about when we when the signal got screwed up and i paused the recording it was paused at 42 minutes The file over here on the left is an hour and three minutes long. So I'm wondering if it recorded me, Brigham, and Micah that whole time going, Oh, there he is. Oh, unmute yourself. Change your video. (laughs)
2: That's going to be a good show. (laughs) We talked about some good stuff in there, though. That's right. All our nerd shit.
1: Oh, that's right. You guys went off in the books. I talked about Iceberg Slim, a pimp.
2: We talked about (laughs) Stray Razors.
1: Straight yep. razors. Yep. Okay. So there's some All nice right.
2: stuff in there.
1: Yeah, that's true. All right. Let's roll into the after show. And thanks, everybody. And if this episode comes out late because I got to piece stuff together, I apologize. Shit happens.
4: We're it not does a indeed. Knife...
1: Yeah, we're the flea bag.
4: <laughs> but. Anyways, guys, so we're going to head over to the after show. Uh, the after show is for patrons only. So if you would like to listen to more of this drivel, you can go to patreon.com slash hustle <laughs> and grind, hustle uh, and grind. And we're for as little as $1 a month. You can sign up to support us and love us.
1: And we would love for you to love us. So we'll see you there. And if, you, if you can't find us through Patreon find us on Spotify and there's a link on our Spotify page. Ooh, there you go. It Says this show has a Patreon and you click it. It's so and then easy you give us. A million dollars.
4: Spotify is so much better than Apple Apple yeah. Podcasts or whatever.
1: And YouTube, you don't have to worry about like they're not going to copyright strike you and pull your shit down. They don't care. Don't they? We're I like They're Spotify. so who's going to sue them? Who's going to sue Spotify? Nobody's no gonna
4: spe- Whoa, Brigham just got brighter. Whoa, now it's dark again. Whoa. Well, well you guys not watching the YouTube are missing out on this one. Start to finish.
1: Yeah. Bye everybody. It's
4: good shit. <laughs> bye. Oh man.
3: Bye, bye bye, bye, bye. Yeah. <laughs>